Hi, welcome to the New Story Church podcast. We hope that this week's message encourages you and brings you closer to Jesus. But hey, thank you all for being here and congratulations, you made it to New Story Church for our first Sunday gathering of 2023. If your resolution was to go to church more often, you started off on the right foot, so you're here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, If we haven't met before, my name's Scott, I'm the pastor here, and we're so grateful that every one of you has taken time to be here with us today at New Story Church. And this is a great Sunday for you to be here, especially if it's your first time, because this is our Vision Sunday. I'd like to take this Sunday, I did it last year and the year before, and we talk about where we have been as a church and where we are going as a church. We talk about what God has done and where we are going. And if you've been coming to New Story for quite some time, you might think, I may have heard some of this before. It's actually good for us to pause sometimes, think about where we are, and make sure that we're all headed in the right direction together. To make sure that we're all moving towards Jesus together. So I'm actually really excited for this Vision Sunday to share with you a little bit about who we are as New Story, and then to share with you about where we are going. Are you guys ready? Come on, wake up. Let's do this. We got this. Uh, so in the fall of 2018, my wife Kim and I really felt like God was stirring something in our hearts to do something different. Now, we'd been married for a little bit over three years at this point in time, and we always had in our hearts and our minds this idea of one day starting a church. We just didn't know when or where or what that was going to look like, but it was something that we felt God had placed on our hearts. And in the fall of 2018, we felt as if God was starting to stir that up in us to start moving forward with that vision to one day start something. We had just recently bought a home in Kenmore and we realized how much we loved our community. We said we'd love to, you know, be here more permanently and do something close by and in this community and then in our city as well. And we really just started looking at the scriptures and praying over some different verses and saying, God, if this is something you want us to do, what is this going to look like? And what exactly are you going to have this church look like? How's this all going to work? And we were looking at a number of different scriptures together. And the one that kept sticking with us, that if you come to New Story, you hear this scripture almost every single week, is 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says this. The Apostle Paul writes this to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. This verse is so powerful. What the scriptures are saying to us here is that if anyone is in Christ, the old life is gone and new life has burst forth. That in Christ, you can be made brand new. That there's nothing you have done, there's nothing that's happened to you that can keep you from the new life that Christ has for you in his resurrection power. And we were, we were getting really excited talking about this verse. We kept trying to think of a vision for a church and the name for the church. And we were, we were anchored in this scripture right here. And I kept thinking these ideas. And I said to Kim, well, what about new church? Because we can be new in Christ. And something about that felt a little incomplete. And then I remember saying, well, I like the idea of a story because when we're new in Christ, there's like this idea that he has, we're new creatures, we're a new creation. So he's rewriting our story. He's giving us a new story. And, and I was saying that and I said, well, what about story church? And I thought oh, that feels a little incomplete as well. And then Kim looked at me and she said, Scott, what about new story church? And I was like, that's it, Kim. 
You have it. It's right there. New Story Church. Not New Song. Not We've had a lot of people, hey, where's that New Song Church? I, there might be a New Song Church. And I'm sure they're doing great and incredible things. We're New Story Church. And, and New Story Church, we exist so that people can discover their new story. And we started putting that vision together because everybody's life is telling a story. And for many people, there's a disconnect between the story that their life is telling and the story that they want their life to tell. And we believe that it's in Christ that you can start to experience the new life and the new story that you were intended to live in. And then we as a church come together to write a new story in our community and in our city. This started coming together in fall of 2018. And I remember we took the vision, discover a new story in 2 Corinthians 5.17, and we just put it on hold for a moment because we had actually listened to a number of stories from different people who have started churches. And one of the things we learned was we did not want to do this alone. We did not want to do this by, the, by ourselves. I heard too many stories of pastors starting churches and trying to do things that they couldn't do. And they're like, I really burned out. And I thought, I don't want that to be me. And, and we just said, God, we're going to put this on hold. And if you send us another couple or when you send us another couple or another few couples, we know that it'll be time to move forward at that point in time. When you send us some more people, we know it'll be time to move forward. We'll look at that as confirmation from you. So we didn't know. Was that going to be a month? Was that going to be three years? Was it going to be five years? We didn't know. We put it on hold. Well, that was around September of 2018. And about November of 2018, maybe October, I'd been going to the gym at the time. I know you can't tell. It didn't really take for me. It, it didn't work out. But I, I was going to the gym with Neil Friedman. Many of you now know Neil. And Neil's, Neil, you know, he's great in the gym. The dude's jacked out of his mind. Uh, but I, I'm not. And, and uh, we were talking. We were talking about church. We were talking about ministry. I was telling him, you know, I'd like to do this church thing one day. And then he said to me, Scott, I feel called to ministry but I don't want to preach. And I thought, well, I love preaching. I can't stop talking. And I said, well, what do you like to do, Neil? And Neil said, well, I like to work with Excel sheets. And I thought, I hate Excel sheets. I can't stand Excel sheets. I've gotten to be a little bit better with them, but I'm still not a big fan of them. And I, and I thought, oh, okay. And then I started talking to him a little bit about how he felt gifted and where I felt God had gifted me. And then I went home that day and I said to Kim, I was like, I think the couple might be Neil and Lindsay. I think that we could, and Kim's like, I love Neil and Lindsay. So I went to Neil and, and Lindsay and we talked to them. We said, hey, we feel like God's calling us to start this church and we would love for you guys to be a part of it with us and, and to be on the lead team and help us get it off the ground and, and get things moving. And I told them, take six months and pray about it. Take six months and pray about it. And then within like three weeks, they came and said, we're on board, let's do this. I thought, okay, let's do this. This is around November, December, 2018. And we started putting together a two-year plan to start a church in September of 2020. And in 2019, we were meeting monthly, talking about the vision and values of New Story. I started fundraising, which was really fun because I'd go up to people and say, hey, we're gonna start this church. It's not there yet, but we could use some money for it. Those are always some really interesting conversations. Like, we, we don't have anything, nothing's happening yet. We don't even have a space yet, but would you give money to our church? Would you, like, would you do that to help support us so we can get it going? And thankfully, some people were very generous and we were able to start fundraising and we had these monthly meetings and then Joy and Aaron jumped on board and then a bunch of people People jumped on board because Joy and Aaron are really cool and everyone just wanted to follow them. And, and things were going really well. And we were slowly building this team and more and more people started to join. And then in March of 2020, we had our first ever interest party as a church and the dashes on Hurdle Avenue. Some of you were there, the banquet area up on the second level. It was really great. We had like 70 people there. Most of them were friends and family, but still 70 people. Oh, there's a lot of people here. This is great. This is amazing. 
And then a week after that interest party, the entire world shut down. And I remember thinking, I'm leaving my job. I don't have a source of income. I don't know what's going to happen. The world shut down and we pivoted and we started doing these interest meetings in 2020 online only. And then by God's grace, we made some connections here at this space. And in September of 2020, we had our first ever in-person gathering right here as New Story Church. And we've been meeting here in person ever since, since September of 2020. In fact, since that time, listen to this, since that time, 15 people have been baptized, 30 people have committed their lives to Jesus, We've had story groups meeting all over the place. We've, uh, on a Sunday morning, we are now at a point between adults and kids and volunteers. We have about 150 people attending here on a Sunday morning. And when we look at our database, because not everybody is able to make it here every Sunday, we have probably a little over 200 people that would call New Story Church their church home. And on our YouTube channel, we have over 500 subscribers. We have people watching every Sunday, mostly from Western New York, but we do have people from other states watching as well and connecting with the message of Jesus. And all of that has been happening really since September of 2020. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? Like God is good. People's lives are being changed. In fact, I have a couple of stories I want to share with you for just a moment here about what God has been doing. One is from my friend Steve. I had him write this down. You see Steve up here on the guitar a lot at New Story. And the other one is from Emma Sickles. Emma shared here a number of months ago, and this is a little bit of an update of what God has been doing in her life. But let me share with you from Steve. Steve said this, two years or so ago, Neil asked me to be a part of a church plant in Kenmore with Scott. After praying about it, I felt called to go and step into a new story. A few ways new stories impacted my life have been through worship and the messages. Worship is where I find myself closest to God and being a part of the worship team has been such a blessing. I've become a better musician and have had some incredible moments with God through worship. I don't want to say too many good things about the messages because I don't want it to go to Scott's head. <laughs> But the messages always draw me in and keep me engaged. Scott and I are also walking through life together, meeting outside of church monthly and encouraging one another, which brings me to the last example of the way New Story has changed my life, and that is community. Being in the band has brought me some of my best friends that I am beyond thankful for. The community here is truly something special, so if nothing else, get involved. Join a story group or a serving team and experience this for yourself. Can we give Steve a hand? Thank you for sharing that, Steve. And then Emma shared this. She said, God has impacted my walk greatly through New Story. I finally have a desire to go to church every Sunday. That's great. Thank you. I, I felt led to contribute to New Story through giving and serving in Story Kids this past year. I don't teach and watch the, I don't just teach and watch these kids. I also am learning and reminiscing myself. It's amazing to see how young kids want to know and share all about Jesus. I even had the chance to get out of my comfort zone and share all about why New Story and God has impacted my life. Everyone has a part, and New Story is sure living up to what God is calling us to do as his disciples. And I thank them for showing me what that looks like. Thank you, Emma. Give Emma a hand as well. Thank you for sharing. And those are just a couple examples of the lives that are being changed as a result of getting connected to Jesus here at New Story Church. And so much of that is because many of you are saying yes to God. You're saying yes to him with your time, with your finances, with so many different things. And we are grateful and thankful for all God is doing.
And that's where we've been. That's who we are. And we're going to continue to move in that direction. But I want to give you uh, some vision for ways in which we are going to be moving forward in the future. One of the other verses that, was, that has constantly been on my heart over the past few years is Colossians 1.28. And I haven't really taken a lot of time to share this verse, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit was pushing me forward and saying, this is the time to do this. This is the time to share this passage and give some direction for the church. And Colossians 1.28 says this, we proclaim him by instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. Keep that up there for just a moment. I love that there are basically two factors of this verse right here. One is an evangelistic factor where Paul says, hey, we proclaim him by instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. We are going to continue to bring the message of Jesus, the story of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus to all people at every opportunity that we get. We as a church are never going to stop doing that. Every person matters. Every person is loved by Christ. Christ gave his life for every person. And so we are going to preach and bring Jesus to every person that we get the opportunity to. Amen? Amen. Now there's a second factor to this verse as well. It's a discipleship aspect. Paul says that once we've, once we have preached to people, he says, once I've preached to this church at Colossae, he's talking to them. I then want to be able to present every person mature in Christ. And this is something that's really been on my heart as the pastor of New Story Church. That as people start calling New Story home, that we would become people who move towards maturity in Christ. Some of this goes back to our Centered Church series that we looked at in September and a little bit in December as well, that we move towards the cross and become people who look more and more like Jesus. It can be easy sometimes to get a little bit of this lazy spirituality where it's like, oh yeah, I'm all good with Jesus and I have a new story. And then we just kind of sit in the same place. But I desire for us to be a church where once people have heard their new story, they've embraced the new story in Christ, that we become more and more like Christ, that we grow in maturity in Christ. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about a few ways that we are going to continue to move in the direction of maturity in Christ, while also not forgetting that we have a responsibility to bring the message of Jesus to all people. And the first way is this, is we are going to strive to become more like Jesus. I know that's mind-boggling, right? If we're going to mature in Christ, I mean, that, I worked a long time on that point. If we are going to be more mature in Christ, then we have to strive to become more like Jesus, to seek first his kingdom above all else, as he talks about in Matthew 6, 33, that we are going to strive to become more like Jesus. So here's a way that we're going to do that this year in 2023. We've done this the past couple of years. And I want to invite you to join us in this as well. We start every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. And our season of 21 days of prayer and fasting is going to start tomorrow on January 9th and go through January 30th. And I want to invite our church family to join us in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Here's what this is going to look like if you're saying, okay, what do you mean by fasting? Fasting is, a, is something that we do. It's a spiritual discipline that we engage in when we deny ourselves of something and we use that space where we're denying ourselves of that thing to seek God and to seek his presence. Now, I'm a bit of a traditionalist 
list, I like doing fasts that involve fasting from a certain type of food, not fast food. We're not talking about fast food. We're talking about fasting from food. I have enough fast food in my life. I don't need any more. But we're going, I'm fasting from fast food. But we are uh, 21 days where we fast from something. Now, my wife is seven months pregnant, so she is not going to be engaging in a, in a food fast. It probably would not be the safest and best idea in the world. So some of you might even say like, hey, I, I don't know if I can do a food fast. Maybe you need to, you could fast in these 21 days from Netflix or social media or something like that. And the goal would be that during these 21 days that when you fast from whatever it is that you decide to fast from, that you would then take that time that you would usually use engaging in that practice or activity to spend some time in prayer and seek God. And this is something that we are going to do together as a church for 21 days, and we would love to have you join us in that. And we're also going to go through a Bible reading plan together in this time. We did this two years ago, and it just makes sense for us maturing in Christ. We are going to read the Gospel of John. There are 21 chapters in John. There are 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we'll just do a chapter a day, and we'll walk through John's Gospel, and we will strive to become more and more like Jesus. And I'm believing that as we do this together as a church, that we are going to see miracles. We're going to see people set free. We're going to see people becoming more like Jesus, and we are going to see a Amazing things happen in this church as we seek God together. Amen. First Corinthians 15, 49 says this, and just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. We, we've had the image of the old, Adam, the old, the sin life. Let's bear the image of the new life, which is Christ, and together become more and more like Jesus. Here are two application questions that you can ask yourself today and in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Ask yourself this, am I how can I become more and more like Jesus? How can I become more like Jesus? As you're reading John, when you read John 1, look at it and say, how can I become more like Jesus? Then read it again as we read John 2 and so on and so forth. How can I become more like Jesus? Where in my life am I not looking like Christ and I need to listen to the Holy Spirit as I become more like Jesus? And the second application question is this, who is helping me become more like Jesus? Who in your life do you have around you that is helping you move in the direction of becoming more and more like Christ? Who do you have that is going to encourage you and lift you up when you're acting more like Christ? Who do you have in your life that's saying, hey, that's not a great direction you're heading in right now. Let's work together. And you respond and say, yeah, we're going to become more like Jesus together. That's the first thing we're going to do as we mature in Christ. We're going to strive to become like Jesus. And it starts with the 21 days of prayer and fasting, but it's not going to end there. That's the direction we're moving in. Secondly, as we mature in Christ, I want to call us to be a people who grow in generosity. Now, first of all, I want to say this. We have an incredibly generous church. And thank you for that. I am always blown away by the generosity of this church, the way people give of their time and give of their finances. It's really something miraculous and unbelievable. In December, we had our Say Yes to God season where we had a goal to raise $35,000 above and beyond. And we were gonna give away 25% of that to Eight Days of Hope and the Garden Church, which is a new church startup here in Buffalo. And our goal was to raise $35,000. And with a week left... We had raised $7,000. I remember going before the church and announcing this and thinking, we did something. I must, God, you must be doing something different because we have $7,000 right now and our goal was $35,000. At the end of it, a week later, by God's provision and God's grace and the church saying yes to God, we'd raised $39,000. 
I was, I was blown away. And, and then we were able to give away 25% of that because we have such a generous church. And that's because our church is saying yes to God. And we are grateful and thankful for that. And we are going to continue to move in the direction of growing in generosity because we have a savior who is generous. Jesus said he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He gave his life. He gave it all. Those we follow him, we seek to give our all as well for his kingdom purposes. Paul, while he was preaching, said this in Acts 20, 35. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we believe that as a church, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Can I just brag on you guys as a church for just a moment one more time? Last year, through your generosity, through your giving of your time, we had almost 90 people serving on our story team last year, whether that be in production or on the band or in the kids team or the greeter team. We had people serving all over the place and a set up and tear down team. I thank you for that. People giving their time. We were able to serve at different outreach projects like Eight Days of Hope Buffalo, Kenton Closet, the Sheridan Park Life Center. We were able to serve in these places. We were able to serve at the Kenmore Memorial Day Parade and the Kenmore Christmas Tree Lighting. And people came to our church because we were at the Christmas Tree Lighting and they heard about Jesus. People are hearing about and experiencing Jesus because the church is saying yes to God and saying, we're going to be generous with our time and we're going to serve him. Amen. Thank you for that. And then secondly, the way in which you've been generous with your finances has really just been unbelievable in so many ways. Through your generosity, last year, we were able to support ministries like Sunrays and Garden Church. We were able to, in a time of tragedy in our city after the shooting on May 14th, they were able to financially support the Light Church as they had some families in their church who had lost loved ones. We were able to support Operation Hope, which was providing uh, food to people around the Jeff- who live around the Jefferson Avenue Tops area who didn't have access to food. We were able to support that financially. We were able to support Eight Days of Hope and other ministries in our community. And because of you and your generosity and saying yes to God, listen to this. We were, as a, as a church of this size, I, this, is, this is a miracle. We were able to give away over $30,000 last year. We gave away over $30,000 last year. Just unbelievable. And that's because of your saying yes to God and saying we're gonna be generous with our finances. And we, we thank you for that. It's incredible. In 2019, we would travel, Kim and I, to these different uh, church planter trainings and cohorts. I went to one by myself in California. We went to one together in Texas. We went to a couple in Alabama. You know, you hear some teachings that were sometimes funny, sometimes a little bit, okay, that's, you know, that might work in Alabama. That's not going to work in New York. But, you know, here's some different things. But one of the things that really stuck with me was one of the guys said this. He said, if your church closed tomorrow, would anybody in your community even notice? Or in other words, if your church closed, would anybody in your community who doesn't come to your church even care? Would they even care? Would they even notice? And that has always stuck with me. And that's something that we've ingrained into our leadership team as well as we lead as a church, that we want to be a church that is so generous with our time and our finances that if something were to ever happen, that people who've never even walked in the doors of this church would say, I miss that place. They brought light to this community. 
They brought life to this community. They brought hope because that's what Christ has called us to do. We are not going to stop being generous. We are going to keep moving forward in generosity. So a couple questions you could ask yourself here. Where am I being led to give financially? Especially if you call New Story Home. If you're a guest or if it's your first time here, I get it. This is not really, but if you're, if you're someone who this is your home, where are you being called to lead? Where are you being led to give financially? Is it maybe you could start giving just something like $10 a month or maybe you've been giving, you're gonna increase a little bit. That's what we do every year. We're on recurring giving on newstorybuffalo.com's website for giving and we always increase it just a little bit. That's something we do in our home to take a step of faith and trust in God because we're here for this community. And a part of us doing this as well, we've been meeting here since 2020. We would love to one day be in a position where we have our permanent space. And for that to happen, we're gonna have to continue to raise some funds. We haven't identified a space yet, but keep praying for us as we do that, because we wanna have a permanent home here in this community and in this city and let people know we're here. We're here and we're here to bring light and life and hope and write a new story in our city. And then secondly, ask yourself this, where am I being called to give my time? Where am I being called to give my time? Where can you start serving? And God's been saying, start serving, start serving. And you've been holding back a little bit. Where you can take a step of faith and follow God in that. If we're going to mature in Christ and we are going to grow in generosity. And then lastly, to mature in Christ. This is one that I've really been carrying as the pastor of this church. I want to move us in a direction of developing a Christ-centered worldview. I'm really excited for this because I think every one of us would admit whatever your background is, wherever you're at with faith, whatever community you live in, I think every one of us could raise our hands and say that we live in confusing times right now. We live in some very confusing times. And there are people all over the place, different groups and agendas and leaders who are ready and willing to hijack the movement of Jesus and make it all about their thing and whatever it is they're doing. Some of that could at times end up being for the good, but a lot of times it creates confusion and it creates, okay, what is Jesus actually all about? And how is Jesus calling us to see the world? And this is something that's really been on my heart since the spring of last year. And after Colossians 1.28, when Paul talks about being mature in Christ, he writes this in Colossians 1.29, towards this goal, I also labor, struggling according to his power that powerfully works in me. He's saying, this is the goal that I labor towards, towards maturity in Christ. And I really looked at what happened in 2022 last year as we were working and struggling towards this maturity in Christ. We had foundational series on God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in the Bible. I looked at 2022 as like, oh wow, God was building a foundation. We're, we're moving towards this. We're building this together. And I'm really looking at 2023. This is going to be a foundational year again as we talk about some things that we as the church have maybe ignored for a while or we need to talk about and say, hey, what does Christ see and how do we view this in a Christ-centered way? 2022 and 2023 are foundational years. And then 2024, I know I'm talking way ahead here, but we got some vision. We're moving in a direction. We're going to be walking around on that foundation a bit in 2024 and talking about even some really difficult topics and some things that could bring a lot of tension. But we're going to do this with a sense of we've built a Christ-centered worldview. A worldview is simply your view of the world. And we have to think about how we view the world. I stole some questions from a pastor that I was following in Washington state when he was talking about worldview. One of the things that he said was a lot of times with our worldview, it's actually adopted and it's not considered. We just adopt it. We adopt it based off of what's convenient. We adopt it based off of what's popular. 
And we can adopt a worldview based off of what's emotionally compelling, most emotionally compelling. That's not always necessarily what's true. What's popular, what's convenient, what's emotionally, most emotionally compelling is not always necessarily what's true or what is best. Here are three questions that he gave. And it, no matter what walk of life you come from, these are questions that you should ask yourself as you're considering what your view of the world is because your worldview determines your actions and your decisions. It, turns out you, it determines how you interact with different concepts and ideas. The first one he calls the authority question. Who has the right to tell me what to do? Think about that. Who in your life has the right to tell you what to do? Or who have you surrendered to as the authority to tell you what to do? As an easy Sunday school answer is, as Christ followers, it should be Jesus above all else. We know that's not always the case. Who has the right to, or who have you given the right to tell you what to do above all else? Is it Jesus? Or is it social media? Or is it your favorite podcast? Or is it a group of friends that you know don't always have the best information? Who has the right? Uh, Secondly, knowledge question. Who knows me best and knows what is best for me? Once again, Sunday school answer, Jesus, we know that to be true, but do we really always live in that? Who knows me best and knows what is best for me? I know I'm firing through these. You can come back and watch the message on YouTube. The third question is this, who loves me and wants what is best for me? I like to add to this one, who loves me most and wants what is best for me? And the answer is Jesus. But are we really living from that space? And so we are going to have series where we are building this foundation. Next week, we're starting a series on spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about reconciling the tension of a good God with the existence of evil in the world. I'm really looking forward to this series and all of the series this year. I could rattle them all off, but I'll wait and, I'll wait and keep you in suspense. But, but we're building this foundation and we're going to build a view that is Christ-centered and keeps the cross at the center. After Colossians 1, Paul says this in Colossians 2, 6 through 8. Therefore, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and firm in your faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. And pay attention to this. Be careful not to allow anyone to captivate you through any empty, deceitful philosophy that is according to human traditions and the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Don't allow anyone to captivate you through empty, deceitful thoughts. We go back to the slide before it for just a moment. I want to read this before we close today. This matters so much. This matters so much that we are rooted in Christ and our view comes from Christ. Because one, we're in confusing times, but two, we have we have a lot of we have a lot of young people in this church, and we have a lot of new like last year we had, I think it was 10 babies born at New Story Church. The next generation matters. Who we are matters. The world that we are building for the next generation matters. And my vision for New Story Church is that we would be a church that as we write a new story, we would be building a church and building up young people and building up families as we're gonna talk about in just a moment with baby dedications, that we're building up families that are built on Christ and Christ-centered. And so he says this, just therefore, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. That's our goal. We're gonna strive to live like Jesus, rooted and built up in him and firm in your faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. When we are rooted in him, we will be overflowing with thankfulness. I want to invite you to take this journey with us as New Story Church, that we would strive together to become more like Jesus, that we would grow in generosity, and that we would be the church that has the difficult conversations so that we can together develop a Christ-centered worldview. 
Let's pray.